Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Episode 6, Season 1 of The Standoff here on New Zealand Sport Radio, um, your, your rugby league show uh, of the year. And I'm always and I'm joined here on every Wednesday with uh, my colleague Brad Inger. Good evening, Sanjay, and good evening to our listeners. We had some great games in Round Eight, and I look forward to talking about them tonight. Yes, it was certainly a um, thrilling round with um, possibly one of the best games we've ever seen in a long time. So, yeah, no, it, it certainly was a humdinger of a round, and looking forward to um, the chat. Yeah, definitely. And now while we're live here on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Yeah, we'll be obviously covering the top stories of the week, a wrap-up of Round 8, preview of Round 9, and news from the UK Super League and in the women's game. So tune in and get your Rugby League fix here on New Zealand Sport Radio. And let's crack into the top stories of the week, Brad. Yeah, and the top story I think this week is uh, Mark Robertson, the the Warriors owner, discussing Warriors players movements with the with the media before speaking to the players first. Uh, ideally, it's um, basically about Blake Green this week. Obviously, um, Robertson came out prior to the game last weekend and said Green and Gerard Beale are gone, um, but he hasn't actually had any conversations with them yet. I know um, Blake Green was a bit upset. And personally, I don't like the look. I, I appreciate the honesty from, from the owner. It's good to know where they stand, but I think you need to talk to the players first before you start telling everybody on the planet because um, this year is not really the best for um, players' well-being with all the situations they're in. That's really the last thing you, you need to throw on top of the pile. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I definitely don't. Um, I don't agree with the way that they've handled it. It's it's unfortunate for the likes of Green and Beale um, to hear that. Um, but thankfully for us on the weekend, it spiked something in Blake Green, and we got a good performance. Probably his best performance will come to that a little bit later on um, yeah. out of him. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's definitely uh, quite demoralising, I guess, as uh, a player, you know, to hear that from your owner um, and not having had it discussed with yourself first. So. Yeah, definitely a, a poor move, I guess you could say, um, on, on the, 
you know, on, on Mark Robinson's behalf, but that's the way this club is going. That's the direction they're trying to, you know, I, I guess establish. And they're, you know, they're, 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 they're talking about making big noises this time with their selection policy in terms of the coaches and, and the player personnel. So let's see it. Like, um, yeah. they're talking a big game. Um, obviously, like, hey, look, um, you know, whether Blake Green and Gerard Bell deserve to be there next year, that's that's another question as well. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that they definitely deserve to be there, but um, the way that it, it was handled could have, you know, definitely been better. Um, definitely for morale in the camp at the moment. Um, they're over there. You know, they want to ch- try and stay as positive as they can, and to hear that, I'm sure, doesn't help the team, if anything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's something they're going to have to work on um, in the months going forward. And um, speaking of owners, we had the Broncos CEO held a press conference um, on Sunday and backed Anthony Seabolt after their sixth straight loss, which we'll talk about a bit later. Uh, I guess the question is, how much longer does Seabolt have? He's got a, a five-year contract, which is causing the problems. Um, during COVID, you're not getting a lot of money in due to not having a lot of fans at stadiums, they can't really afford to pay millions of dollars to see him out the door straight away. So I think that's saving him a bit, but then that's another look at the Broncos as a club of why would they sign someone for that long? Yeah, yeah probably the biggest talking point of um, the NRL over the last couple of weeks has been, uh, you know, uh, obviously Anthony Seabold and the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they lost their sixth straight game. And like you said, we'll cover that a little bit later. But um, I just feel that the Broncos need probably some time um, more than anything if they're going to be able to you know, change this. Obviously, there's talks about changing personnel. But like you say, he's on a five-year contract. So I think that you're going to see him there for at least one year. I don't think that they, you know, if he's on a five-year contract to give up on him halfway through the first season, I doubt whether that's going to happen. So you'd have to imagine he's there for a year at least. And and after a year, they've got time to reassess. So that keyword being time, because at the moment everything's happening too quickly for the Brisbane Broncos. I feel, and they're just getting swept under with the with the tornado. Really, it's it's not the players' fault. I, I reckon they're really trying. I mean, you know, um, I think that you know there are some positive signs there, but um, unfortunately, you know, the the, the 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 stigmatism around the club at the moment, the the rep- reputation of the club at the moment, and I say at the moment because you know they're a very proud club. So. Yeah, we just have to um, wait and see, but we'll, we'll cover off a little bit about Seabot a little bit later as well, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. And then now next piece is about um, Adam Fanua Blake um, and the in his game this week, he actually got sent off after the final whistle for um, saying a slur to the referee, which I won't repeat here. Um, he's yeah. been suspended, I think, two weeks, I think is the current call. I think the NRL are trying to push for more. At the moment, but at the moment it's two. Um, His teammates have backed him. Um, The CEO um, thinks it's a bit more than a simple section. And it's, yeah, it's an interesting conversation piece, I think, on what they can do um, to make, to, to make changes to what, how players behave. Yeah, I think um, oh, this has been thrown probably again way out of context. I believe, like, look, he he spat the dummy, and you know he was he was hugely disappointed in the result that should have gone their way. Um, it's definitely worth you know a couple of games, I suppose, in the modern era. And you know they're talking about they don't want our kids to see that, and and you know there's a lesson to be learned here for the community and the rest of it. I, I get all of that, but um, at the end of the day, he's he's got to be a professional on the on the pitch for eighty minutes, and um, unfortunately. 
he he, he dropped his gun in relation to that. And he, he's he's come out and apologised profusely. He's actually apologised quite well, talking about like you know if there's you know the, the whole team actually um, spoke up about it. To be honest, there was a few players that came to the party on this one, and they they all said, look, if you want to send your kid down to where we train, we'll, we'll have a chat to them and say that you know what happened on the weekend wasn't right. So they have the community in mind with their apology, which is a genuine one at that. So get the suspension, get on with it, get him back in the side because he's a hell of a player and we want to yeah. see him on the park. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'd have to say about that. Yeah, take the lesson and move on. And um, that leaves us to our last top story, which is David Fafita. Um, there's words about his, where he's going to go. Is he going to stay with the Broncos or is he going to go to the Titans in 2021? It's yeah. for me. It's it's a hard decision to make because the Broncos aren't playing that well. Um, the Titans seem to be building something, so I would tend to go that way. Uh, but there's he's he's going to be chased. I don't know if there's any club that wouldn't take him. Um, so it's interesting that they're only talking about the two. Yeah, I, um, from what I understand, and I could be wrong. I, I I think that David may have played junior rugby league either. In uh, I think in the Gold Coast, I think there's a, a suburb called Carrera or Canberra or something like that in the Gold Coast, and I believe he played there. Um, so yeah. perhaps he's wanting to go home, so to speak. But I think he should 100% go to the Titans. I think the Titans have got something good. Look, they're disappointing on the weekend, and we're going to cover that a little bit later. But um, I think that they're missing just something like David Fafita. If they can get him uh, as as you know the marquee player as such, and they rally around him with what they've got over there, the resources that are there. Um, which are promising resources at that, I think they could build something um, really, really strong next year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in relation yeah. to that. Um, yeah, so, definitely. It's definitely a story that we're going to have to keep an eye on in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, yeah 100%. But, uh, I think that um, um, it's going to be uh, a, 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 you know, a key story um, for the Gold Coast. If they can secure his services, um, I think they'll go a long way to being competitive in the top eight, um, potentially, um, for a few years at least. And, and then, obviously, they'd like to get better and, and, and have a crack at it. So we'll just have to wait and see. But um, in saying that, we'll, uh, you know, crack into round eight um, with the, on Thursday night there, Brad. Yeah, so on Thursday night, we had uh, the Storm defeat the Roosters 27-25 to 25, um, and probably the best game I've seen in some time. Um, it was, I, I've said it was grand final worthy. Um and yeah, I could really see this grand final night having this game re- played on replay and be completely happy. Thought it was a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, probably one of the best games um, in the last ten years, I'd say. Um, maybe even fifteen. Uh, you'd have to go back to uh, you know. I think one of the best grand finals was that Benji uh, flick pass grand final versus the Cowboys. That was definitely a, a good grand final. I also believe the North Queensland versus Brisbane one a few years back, where North Queensland prevailed, was also equally as good and this game was right up there with I feel like those two games there's been other good grand finals as well there's no doubt but this was a very very close uh, encounter Um, and you know for the Roosters to be 10 um, 10 10 points um, up with 10 minutes to go and they were pulled back by Melbourne that was um, really showed some character in in the Melbourne Storm side. Yeah definitely Um, Cameron Smith was in the halves and played really well in the halves um, even earning praise from Andrew Johns he's and the game we'll talk about a bit later in the, the round nine wrap-up, he's been put back into hooker, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him lurk out into the halves again. And um, Luke Carey and Ryan Pappenhausen <laughs> played really well. 
and um, both both reasonably young players, and in in the clutch moments towards the end of um, normal time, they slotted field goals to um, try to win the game and then tie the game. So um, some great young talent that are showing they're capable of playing with the best. Oh, definitely those field goals. Um, you know, what one shot at one shot each. Um, that's a pretty um, good success rate, one hundred percent on field goals. That you, you, you see much worse than that in a in a typical game. So. Um, yeah, no, excellent, fantastic uh, uh, display of accuracy on, on behalf of those two lads. Um, but in terms of the roosters, uh, sorry, in terms of the storm, um, yes, Cameron did play at the halfback position in the first half. But it was when he played at the hooking position in the second half is when he really took it to the roosters and you know tore them up the middle really, um, and, and and he just methodically just you know basically took the game away from them. And that yeah. is just still showing again the class of the man and how good he actually is. Like uh, he's just getting better um, with age, really, and um, yeah, they they certainly were physical. Um, uh, the Melbourne Storm, and you know, they came away with the with the victory, um, uh, and and you know, um, a comeback victory against the Roosters. You know, you would have thought early on that Melbourne were struggling after I think a couple of rounds. We were talking about how they'd lost, I think, to the Raiders. Um, I think they'd lost another game to someone in that top. I think it may have been may have been the Knights. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but yeah. They, I think so. Yeah, I, I had written them off. So yes. I said they couldn't play with the new rules, but um, they've they've proven me wrong. Yes, well, we both um, have picked the uh, Roosters for this game, hadn't we? It was the only one that we got wrong this week, and we'll cover that off in our picks a little bit later. But um, yeah, yeah no, a very very um, entertaining game of rugby league, very fast paced, um, and you know definitely a, a good way to start the round off. And, you know, we're pretty much halfway through the round robin. I guess you could say the round robin part of the tournament almost. We've got a couple of rounds to go. But, um, yeah, the, this Melbourne Storm, they're looking stronger and stronger uh, over the last couple of weeks. And I'd yeah, say that they'll be there, thereabouts in terms of a minor premiership, I'd say. Um, yeah. So um, that will take us to Friday's first game, which was the Raiders defeating the Dragons 22-16. to 16. Uh, probably a bit closer than Raiders fans would have liked, but um, I think they're starting to get on track, but there's still plenty of work. Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, a, a good a good performance from the Raiders to come away with the two points. It wasn't anything special against the Dragon side, which I think is getting better, however. Um, you know, to, to, only can, to only lose by six uh, is a pretty good effort, considering where the Dragons were a few weeks ago. I think that yeah. they are starting to show um, some real... You know togetherness over there at the dragons like you know um under mcgregor so i think that they've sort of been away from the media over the last few weeks because of the way that they've been playing and if they can continue playing this way um, they'll definitely get some results um wasn't enough there you know it was a late comeback but it just wasn't enough brad yeah i think um the dragons they need to focus on playing the whole 80. they seem to be rather than fading away in the game they do the opposite they fade at the start and then find momentum and build towards the end. They just need to to start straight out of the gates and they, they could upset some teams going on. They're looking a lot better than they were like three weeks ago. Um, yeah, the Raiders, definitely. on the other hand, though, um, they've got injury concerns, which I think's going to um, cause some hiccups for them. They lost who they Soyola, Elliot Whitehead, um, plus Corey Houseborough from a few weeks ago, um, Imrad Gula. There's a lot of forwards that they're, they're losing and they really need to keep all those forwards in there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go in the, the upcoming weeks until they get some of those big boys back. 
yeah, it was a good hour from the Raiders, you know, like they need to play the full 80, like you said. So I think they played really well for the 60-minute mark. Um, and then basically, like obviously due to injuries and just, you know, general general fatigue on the night, um, I think that they just let their guard down a little bit for the final 20. But um, yeah, a, a, a good game for the Raiders to, to win, I guess, because, you know, at the end of the day, they could have lost that game and that would have been, um, you know, disappointing for them. I'm sure Ricky's not overly... Um, uh, overly excited about the performance that they had on the weekend, but he'll be happy that they've come away with the two points uh, as they are in sort of a, you know, rebuilding phase, uh, a mini rebuilding phase just to get them back on that track where they were uh, late last year. So um, that leads us into the, the second game on Friday night, which where we had the Eels dumping the Cowboys 42 points to four and what can only be described as a hiding Brad. Yeah, and um, um, it was Clint Gutherson's 100th game, and um, he just went, he's going from strength to strength. Um, he had a good interview after the game where he said when he signed with the club, a lot of the fans didn't really want him there. Um, he was playing on the wing, and he was grinding away, and he's really become a, a keystone of this team. Um, no Mitchell Moses, which was a huge concern, um, but Jai Field, who was originally a Dragon, had his debut for the club, and Played really well. They were hammering him. Um, the Cowboys are pressuring him on the the last tackles, but he he just shook it off and kept going. And um, they got that that little winger Sivo. Um, he he's just going from strength to strength as well. Um, four tries in this game. Um, I yeah, don't he's know. A big unit. Yeah, oh, he's a big I don't. Unit. Know, I don't know how you stop him. Well, he's got size. He's got speed. He's got explosiveness. And apparently he's a really humble lad as well. So um, he's definitely a, a, a fine for them. And I think that, you know, he's going to definitely, um, you know, be a real weapon come the next few rounds and particularly heading into the latter stages of the, um, you know, round robin series. So, yeah, look, I think that, um, you know, it was, it was the, the, the writing was on the wall for the Cowboys who have now had, uh, I think, you know, a couple of really poor performances uh, that, where they've lost quite heavily and a lot of points have been scored against them. So they're, there's a, they're on a dangerous, um, they're on a dangerous road at the moment, the, the Cowboys, and they they need to turn something around. But, um, yeah, I guess when you have four straight sets on the Eels line and you don't look like scoring, I guess it, it makes it very difficult. Yeah, they they've got no attack. They've got no defense at the moment. They've got a lot of work to do. I don't know how they're going to do it. They need to make changes. Don't know if it's a coach, if it's the roster. Um, they just need to do something. Um They've got to go. They've got one of the best players in the game, and Jason Tomalolo. But they they need some other players around them. Yeah, I just think um, you know for the Cowboys, they've just got to um, I think get that right edge sorted out where they're leaking a lot of points. I think they're very vulnerable when it comes to pace down that right edge. And um, you know, Parramatta just had twenty two offloads in the game. You know, uh, people were saying that you know this is similar to the uh, Parramatta days when Jared Hayne was part of their two thousand and nine team. So. Um, you know, they've definitely struck some form. They're looking to be real contenders this year. And I think that they're going to be, um, you know, a very, very strong side throughout the duration of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are uh, a grand finalist this year. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. And that takes us to our first game on Saturday, which was uh, the Sharks defeating the Titans 40-10. to 10. Um, I thought the Titans competed well in the first half, but the Sharks just came out in the second half like a brand new team. And blew them off the park. Yeah, this was the um, disappointing result from the Titans, particularly after the good work that they've done so far. And I, I would say in the first seven weeks of um, rugby league play, 
um, obviously the season being interrupted by COVID-19. But in the first seven rounds, uh, okay, they haven't won too many games, but they haven't lost by heaps. And they've always showed that pride and that um, effort. And, you know, they still showed that the other day. Unfortunately, I guess this is just a bit more of a true representation of perhaps where the Titans are going to sit for a while um, and in hopes of them getting better will have to be seen as a little bit slower than what we'd like. Um, I mean, I, I do wish them well and I really want to see them succeed. But uh, in this performance particularly, uh, you, you, you could see that the momentum they had built up over the few weeks, the, the last few weeks, had just been lost completely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a bit like we see with the Fafita thing. They um, they just need like one of those star players to come in, um, and that might be like the final piece of the puzzle to help them get get where they need to go. Um, for the Sharks, though, their forwards dominated. Andrew Fafita had probably his best game in quite a while. Um, Sean Johnson, I think he was quite poor in the first half, but his second second half made up for it tenfold. Um, he he. Got two try tries, but you could technically say three because he gave the Titans one with a poor pass that they ran the length of the field on. But um, he's definitely um, after that criticism from Cooper Cronk. I think he he's turned a corner and um, becoming quite a consistent footballer for them, and that makes the Sharks a dangerous team. Yeah, he's gone from um, from villain to hero, hasn't he, uh, Sean Johnson? And you know, there's been quite a few things said about him. Um, over the last four weeks, uh, with the first two of those weeks being fairly negative, and then yeah. over the last couple of weeks, he's managed to pull it back and managed to play some of the football that we know Sean Johnson for. Um, and if he can continue playing like this, you are right; they they will be a real bloody weapon, um, and they, they'll be really strong. Um, particularly if him and Chad Townsend can get it going, and uh, you know they got that speed around the ruck, so the go forward isn't too bad either. So I, I really see them as um, being able to compete with the best of them if they can just um, click week in, week out. That's the thing with Johnson, isn't it? We've always yeah. said it. It's about the consistency of performance. Um, you know, if he can keep that up and 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 play consistently, play at the line and, and you know, make those kind of decisions late as he possibly can, I think that, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see some good football out of the Shark side. Definitely, definitely. And that leads us to the second game on Saturday, which was the Warriors defeating the Broncos 26-16. to 16. Yes. Um, yeah, um, really enjoyed this game. Um, I thought both sides were desperate and it showed with both sides making poor errors early on. Um, Broncos took advantage of that, getting ahead 10-0. Um, I started to get a bit worried sitting at home. Um, the Warriors had some opportunities and just made some silly errors, but then uh, Ken Mamalo got that try at half time, and then second half, it was a bit like so many of these games this last round second half was a different story and um i think the warriors just appeared to want it more and that got them ahead yeah i think um i think it was a very good performance um from the warriors and you know i, I reckon it's it is one of the games of the season in a way um yes it was the two two of the bottom tier teams playing against each other but this was a good comeback from the warriors because they were trailing for most parts of this game and they only um, started to take the lead, I think, what, seven minutes or eight minutes from the full-time? Um, no, maybe 10 minutes, I think it was. I think it was around the 10-minute mark where we scored uh, the second-to-last try. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a really, really uh, good performance from the Warriors. Yes, it was against a beaten-up Broncos side, but 
had we lost it, we'd be pretty much complaining about it right now and, you know, sticking their boot into as to why they didn't win it. So credit to the Warriors for um, getting the two points. I think that Blake Green probably had his best performance in a Warriors jersey. I think that that has got to be. But but is it too late? Um, we, why haven't we seen this over the last few years? Yes, there's been a lot of said about him this week in the media and that's, um, you know, uh, created a fire under him. But um, he should have had that desire and that passion, you know, for the last two seasons. And if we'd played that way, then God knows where we could have been. But um, maybe yeah. it's too late, you know. I maybe think it, yeah. Late. I think it is a bit too little, too late. But I'm hoping that it's something he builds on for the remainder of the year with the Warriors. Because I think if he can play like he did in that game for the rest of the year, the Warriors can be quite competitive. But yeah, but and... Brad, I don't think I don't think he, he might not last the rest of the year. There, there's word out that. Um, by the end of next week, he might want to just pack his bags and go. There's some speculation that he might just leave because he's yeah. been ill-treated. So we don't know. We're, we're going to have to watch the space. It's a real interesting uh, story, actually, because, you know, um, I, you know, he came out and played like that. I reckon he'll stay. You know, he's got, he, he wants to prove a point. He's still contracted to the club to the end of the year. So um, if he can play like that and, and keep, you know, that kind of attitude going, it only mean good things for the Warriors. Yeah, I feel he'll stay. I think if he can stay and keep playing well, it's just going to bump his price up for someone else. So it's probably in his best interest to stick around. At the moment, the only teams that would take him are probably the ones that aren't doing that well, which will bring your price down. So, um, but it's it's up to him. He's got a wife and kids. He's got to do what's what's right for him and his family. Um, I feel for the for the Broncos though, seeing their emotion at the end of the game. Um, it took a bit of the joy away from the win for me, seeing how upset they were. Um, I know the media have come out and said that they were crocodile tears and they were faking it. I don't I don't think that's oh, the case. I don't believe. No, um, that's not the case at all. Um, everyone seems to forget that the ones that were crying weren't the ones that were laughing last week. I think they're trying to put that together like Isaac Luke was uh, laughing and now crying. Um, they had a picture of him at the end of the game. He was still smiling like he always does. Um, but it's, it's those Alex Glens and those those key players that they've got at that club that are really hurting right now. Um, they, as a club, they're quite a proud club. So I don't I don't recall the last time they they lost six in a row. Um, definitely they lost not six in a row. They lost six in a row um, in 2012. Um, and here's just a couple of interesting stats actually for the Broncos. They've been outscored 84 to four in the last 20 minutes of the eight matches this year. So they've only managed to score four points and they've uh, conceded 84 in the last 20 minutes of the matches of the eight matches this year. That's a huge um, back end of the game where they're not uh, completing. And I think if they can look at that stat, they may be able to determine, you know, what the issues are in terms of their attack in the in the in that last 20 minutes because that attack in that last 20 minutes was woeful against the Warriors. They had us beat. Let's not kid ourselves. They they were winning that game, you know. Yeah. And I mean I'm really glad that the Warriors came back and won it. Um but did Brisbane lose it? You know, like I mean that mistake um by the little halfback fellow uh just uh, with minutes to go, you know, they still had a chance then. Um yeah. a few little errors earlier, letting the try in on the 10 minute mark. And yeah, the 40-20 I guess that was just an exceptional play and, and one of the plays of the season, really, that 40-20, um, to, to really turn your team around and win it from there, that, that turned out to be pretty much the play of the game, really. Um, so, look, Mamalo also, I think, you know, he, he looked pretty strong on the weekend, 291 run metres, two line breaks and two tries. So, 
um, yeah, a really, really good performance from him. Um, I yeah. just hope that he doesn't come home. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, I think for the Broncos, I think it's just the lack of self-belief. Um, I think they had, were in the hunt, but every time there was a little error or something went against them, they just dropped their heads and fell apart. And, yeah, I think that's what's happening in the, the final 20. The closer they seem to get to victory, the further they get away from it at the same time. I don't know. They need to make some changes. Um, I know Michael Innes has called for Corey Parker to be head coach. I know last year he was coaching the Broncos women's team, so he's getting some experience there. He's a very smart footballer. Um, could be could be an interesting thing to go, but it's it's that money that they're yeah, tied with the Corey Parker thing, I think that basically they're trying to go for someone who's got a lot of respect as a player in recent times. He's got a lot of respect as a human, as a personality. He's he's a big personality. He's a big Broncos personality at that. And um, so I think that that's where they're trying to – well, just discussions at this stage, but that's general consensus is they need someone like that after the Seabold shambles. But again, I mean, yeah, you've got him for five years, so what do you do? They're in that predicament, so we'll have to just wait and see um, what, what happens. But – you know, six and zero. Oh, um, you know, they, they're just like you know, they're at all sorts. And unfortunately, but if you have a look at the six teams that they've lost to, okay, um, you know, they've lost to the Eels, Roosters, Sea Eagles, Knights, Titans, and us, the Warriors. So you, you could have argued that you know they, they may have won three of those six games. So yes, they've lost six in a row, but they've played some of the top teams in the competition. Yeah, I think I think really the only games out of that lot that they typically should have won was against the Titans, against the Warriors. Um, I think the other four, they were always going to lose anyway. Um, but they need to win this week, which we'll talk about obviously later on. They they cannot go zero and seven otherwise. Uh, I don't know what will happen. The CEO can't keep coming out after every loss and saying we're still backing the coach because they need to make changes if they will. If they don't get the results on the field, so yeah, it could be none from ten. Wouldn't that be a disaster for the Brisbane Broncos? That would be a terrible stat, um, and I wouldn't know how far you'd have to go back if ever, if, it, if it's ever been done in the club's history. I doubt it. I don't think I they would have ever lost ten games in a row. So we have to be interesting to see that mark uh, if we get to it in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, we wish the Broncos all the best. You know, we we know they're under the pump, and they're a fantastic and proud club, and I'm sure that they'll be back. Definitely, definitely. Um, that leads us to the next game of the round, which was the Panthers defeating the Tigers 19-12. to uh, It was definitely a very physical game with heaps of niggle. Um, I thought the Panthers looked good with uh, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai uh, building a good partnership, but it was really Cleary that was the difference. Um, for a player so young, the way he can control the game um, is amazing. Um, he just seems to be playing like a Cooper Cronk that's been there forever and ever and ever that just knows how to direct the game. And I think the problem with the Tigers is they just lack execution, which I think may need to bring in um, Benji Marshall back into the fold just to to do something. Yeah, I think um, you know, that's not a bad call, actually. There, I, I reckon they had a pretty good game against... Uh, very much an informed Panthers lineup. And I think that, pardon me, yeah, I think that, you know, Cleary and Jerome uh, just illustrating, you know, how good they are together. It, it was a fantastic performance. But, I mean, you know, you've got to give your, um, take your hat off to Appy Carousel. You know, again, he set up the match winning try, 50 plus tackles. I don't think he missed one. And he's just playing with pace up the middle of the ruck and just tearing teams apart. And he is the buyer of the season. 
uh, for me. 100%. So hundred percent. He he has definitely um got a got a huge part to play in their success thus far. And you know, um, you know, a good win from the Panthers as well, because the Tigers are showing a bit of form over the last couple of weeks and they're showing that defensive um Maguire style. So they're starting to really become used to that. I think you're right, though, you're bringing back the likes of um, Benji will pay dividends for them, um, uh, particularly after they've lost, uh, you know, Jale Lua uh, to miss four weeks, isn't it, um, for a dangerous contact charge? Um, yeah. Um, he's he's an interesting player. I think he's a very good player when he's focused, but his discipline is what costs him just – yeah, he just has brain snaps. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, what his what he did um, in that game, there was no need for it. I know he was a bit upset um, with his brother getting a bit of a hit to the head from Coruscant in a completely accidental situation, but then he comes out and nails Dylan Edwards with a clothesline, basically, when he didn't <laughs> even have the ball. Um, oh, it was, it was terrible. It was a terrible act, really. Like, I mean, um, you know, it, it just shows, you know, the, his, his ill discipline at times. He's a great player. He's played international football, hasn't he, as well? So, and um, yeah, just, just disappointing that he had to sort of act that way. I mean, you know, we talked about uh, earlier on, you know, with the spray that uh, Adam gave the referee the other night. Um, well, this this guy here, he wasn't too far away from a, a similar charge, and they'll, they'll probably see it around the same sort of weeks on the sideline as a result. Um, so, yeah, um, discipline, but an entertaining game, to be honest. Uh, Western Sydney derby, I thought it was a fantastic uh, rugby league game. Um, even after leading 10-6 at half time, um, you know, ill-discipline and emotion cost him uh, in the end, the Tigers. So, yeah, um, they'll, they'll, they'll learn to play better next week, I'd say. Yeah, and I think the the only other thing to talk about were the media's grabbed a, a bit of a hold of it was um, Ivan Cleary blowing kisses to a Tigers fan that was giving him a bit of stick. Um, the the fan in question's actually come out and apologised to Cleary. Apparently, it was quite a um, very horrible sledge he was giving Cleary um, on the sidelines and. Um, Cleary, that was why Cleary blew the kiss back. I don't think it's much of a deal. It seems like the the Tigers and the fan have moved on. Um, but no, it's no big deal, dear man. It's just like you know, it's uh, just one of those things. Just you know, uh, it was a bit of a uh, bit of bit of fun that he was having. Obviously, like he was at the Tigers, and that's when he was negotiating to come back to the Panthers. So the the, the Tigers fan sees it, see him as a bit of a kick in the pants. Um, is what he's done to that club, really, because they they really wanted him to stay potentially. So, but hey, um, they're doing a okay count to Michael Maguire, and um, I think that you know there's better things to come for the Tigers. Definitely, and that, and that, yeah, and um, that leads us to Sunday's first game, which was the uh, the Knights defeating the Sea Eagles fourteen to twelve um, in quite a contentious decision, I guess it's fair to say. Um, I think the Knights showed some some great heart with defence. They were out on their feet, but they would not let the Seagulls through. Um, what were your thoughts on the game before we talk about the final minutes? Yeah, a, a gutsy performance from the Knights and a rare win on the Northern Beaches. Um, you know, they they don't go to Manly very often and win and win with fifteen players for the majority of it as well. That was um, a very good win for them. They're bouncing back after the previous week. Obviously, they lack lack lackluster performance 
uh, where they lost and you know they, they thought they'd go up north and get the two points quite easily last week and it didn't happen so um you know andrew mcculloch he had a fantastic game 48 tackles a try and a go and a try saving tackle in the end goal area as well so that was a, a extraordinary effort from him um but yeah errors and discipline hurt manly yeah definitely i think um that was uh the uh, the biggest issue was just their um the errors in their discipline i don't know um that that's all stuff that you can easily fix but they um they've now got no tom travoyevich dylan walker's still gone fanua blake's added to the the list of people that can't come back it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough road until they get some players back but uh they've got some yeah. good yeah. good depth there no, definitely. We've got a question here from Jordan. He's asking, evening boys, did the TMO ref get it right with the final call in the Manly Knights game? Well, um, yeah, we're just going to come to that. Um, and I would have to say that the TMO got it horribly wrong in this case, and it cost Manly the game. Um, and it's the second time it's happened for them this season. They've been robbed twice. They were also robbed versus the Eels, and um, they would have got the two points on this occasion as well. So four competition points potentially um, lost. As a result of bad calls yeah see i'm on the other side of the fence i think it was fine so um right, I, think, right. Okay. I, I i think the i think he was already committed to the tackle wingers generally aren't the best tacklers in the game so when they're on the sideline they try to push which is what happened there um oh, yeah. i would I be happy either way so. i'd be happy either way so. if it was a warriors team and that had happened i would probably be on your side of the fence but um yeah it's i i wouldn't want to be a manly fan right now like you said with those two calls in those two games um yeah that's potentially a penalty try as as well like they didn't go down the penalty try route on the weekend and um i thought they may have a look at that but yeah that's that's definitely a penalty if not anything and um you know i think um they got the penalty didn't they did they get the penalty no 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 so you know, for them to not get the penalty as well, uh, you know, just shows that, you know, that was the wrong decision. We have to agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, whatever whatever happens out of this game, you'd have to say that, you know, um, they're, they're still showing quite a bit of fight, Manly. But, yeah, the Knights definitely looking like they'll be a contender in that top six, I'd say. Yeah, top six. Um, and that, that will lead us to our last game of the round, which was... The Rabbitohs defeating the Bulldogs 26 to 10. Um, I think the Bulldogs had plenty of opportunities to stay in this game. They just lack execution. But I think the biggest thing they can take away from this game is they, they're trying. Um, I think there was almost a length of the field try towards the end of the game. And there was about three Bulldogs players still running the length of the field trying to chase. I think it might have been Alex Johnson down. Um <laughs> So with the game basically over, um, they were still trying to get there and try to stop it, where a lot of teams would have just pulled up and gone, oh, no, you, you got that one, we'll be ready. Yeah, no, they, um, they, they, they're not being criticised for their lack of effort. Unfortunately, um, you know, this Bulldog side, uh, poor recruitment in form over the last three years, really. Um, they really need some players in key positions and any potential recruits Potentially, Adam, Bat Adam Bateman has been suggested as a possible uh, recruit for their club. Um, they'll need to know who the coach is going to be, though. And when you don't know who the coach is going to be next season, it, it makes it very hard to want to go to a club or for them to uh, attract players, for the current players there to stay. 
Um, you know, even Adam Elliott, like he's so unhappy, so disappointed. I mean, he's the heart and soul of the club currently. If he goes, um, what will they be left with? He's he's basically, um, you know, the soul of Belmore at the moment. So um, everyone yeah. needs answers, fans, members, um, possible recruits, current players. Everyone's looking for answers at the Bulldogs because of what one one victory this season now. Yeah, that's right. And um, I don't know if they'll get many more. Um, but yeah, the Dean Pay situation, he's off contract at the end of the year. They really need to either say we're sticking with him or we've got this guy coming in because you're not going to lure those big names to the club if you don't know who your coach is going to be. So they need to make a decision and announce it sooner rather than later. Otherwise, next year will be a write-off as well. I think they said, yeah, I think they should just stick with Dean Pay for the season. I mean, that's, you know, I guess like, you know, the Warriors, let's have a look at the three clubs that are planning to do something. Um, you know, you had basically McGregor earlier, you've got Dean Pay, you've got Adam Seabold, and you've got, um, you know, uh, well, the situation that the Warriors, the Warriors situation has occurred. We've got Peyton for the rest of the year. That's set in stone. So we were the first club out of those uh, four clubs there to, to do the mid-season thing. And, you know, is that going to be a right move? Is that going to be a wrong move? So the other clubs, I think, they're a bit more cautious and they might be like, well, look, let the year go. We've had an interrupted year at that. It's a shortened season. Numbers have been low in the, in the stands as a result of COVID. So we'll just wait in, in, until next year. But it'll be interesting to see for those other three clubs what they do do. Um, and yeah, for the Bulldogs, I think um, it's just going gonna, gonna to take some big signings because at the moment, yeah, like you say, I don't see too many more victories for the rest of the season. I wish them well. They're a strong club. You know, Chris Anderson at the head of the um, organisation, um, so, you know, they're a very proud club as well. So um, let's just see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that brings us to the end of the round. Uh, if you want to bring up the table, there we go. Um, so we've got, yeah, Eels, Panthers, Storm and Knights in the top four with the Roosters, Raiders, Sharks and Tigers hitting the, the fifth to eighth position. So um, not really much change. It's still, I think the Rabbitohs dropped out. Weren't they in the top eight last week? I think. I think that they were on the fringes of the eight. I think maybe Sea Eagles, how many points have they got? Because they had the same amount of points and they lost to the Knights. They, they, I think they may have been up there. But, yeah, yeah irrespective of that, I guess, yeah, you've got your, your top four there. You've got your Eels, Panthers, Storm and Knights. I think you could probably put the Roosters up there instead of the Knights and you could potentially have the best four teams in the comp, I would say. The Eels say followed that. by the... I don't know if they'd be in that order, but the Eels, Panthers, Storm and Roosters, those four would make up your top four. It'd be interesting. You'd probably have to have the Melbourne Storm. I think Eels deserve to be in first place, but you'd have Melbourne up there, I'd say, and potentially the Panthers third and, and maybe the Roosters fourth. I don't know, but the Roosters, they could be first. So it's a very, very tight competition at the top of the table there. Yeah, I think those four teams you mentioned are the ones towards the end that will be there. What order they're in, I'm not sure, but they will be the top four. Um, in terms of the bottom the bottom eight, the Rabbitohs, Seagulls, Cowboys, then the Warriors, uh, Dragons, Broncos, Titans, and then Bulldogs dead last. I don't know how many of those teams could push it. When you look at it feasibly, I think it's um, the Warriors and up, uh, just two points out of the eight. Um, does that mean they could get in? Don't know with the, how everyone else is going, but yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'd say the Rabbitohs might be the only team that could squeeze into the eight out of the bottom eight right now with the, all the injuries going to the Seagulls. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I tend to disagree. Eh? Like, I reckon it's really close until, uh, until around round 
15, 16, 17, I reckon, because there's 20 rounds this year. So yeah. the way that I look at it, the, you know, the, the difference between a top eight side and where the Warriors are is two points. And the difference between 13th place Dragons and Broncos and 14th place is four points difference. So it's only two victories. So, um, yeah. yes, the games are running out. But I, I would say that, yes, I'd, I'd probably say that there are 12 possible contenders for the top eight, including the Warriors as of now. And that's been kind, I think, as well. I think, you know, that I think later on I may say to, I may regret to have said that. I'll still say that, you know, there's 12 possible spaces for the eight. I think the Dragons, they're just one game too many away now to, to possibly get there. But I still yeah. think, yeah, I reckon anyone from the Rabbits down to the Warriors could potentially still make the eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um and then I guess we go straight into our picks. Not really much to say. Um, we had the exact same picks, and we only got one wrong. Always which was before, the, we, uh, oh. before we move into picks, we have a question from the um, uh, from the um, uh, the live the, uh, the, the, the 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 live chat. Um, and uh, Simon was um, asking you, what do you think of the the uh, new Super League's uh, rule about uh, no scrums? Um, yeah, we, we're going to mention that a little bit later on, but we can, okay. we can hit it now. Um, I I don't like it. Um, it's not a big deal because you don't. There's not too much technical now in the scrum and league nowadays. But um, they want to do it as a way to stop or help prevent COVID. But it's in a game where you're tackling everybody, so you're still getting that contact. Um, and I, I like how a scrum pulls all the forwards into the center or wherever you're going to have your scrum and allows the backs to create gaps and make some exciting plays. Um, so I like the scrums there, but it's, yeah, they've put it in stone. It's no scrums for the rest of the year for the Super yeah, League. I think, it's a, I think it's, it's not a good decision for a couple of reasons. Um, obviously, the, the, new, the new tap restart rules in terms of the penalties the six again rule, and now the scrum uh, removal, that's going to create injuries in itself. These players, the scrum is looked at as an opportunity in rugby league, really, for the forwards to have a bit of a breather, if anything. It might be a 10-second breather at that. And But you say that the league scrum is not tactical anymore, Brad, but the good thing about still having the scrum is you can make it tactical if your forward pack has enough energy. Like if you're yeah. one point down in a grand final and you've got a scrum on their line, you better believe that even in a rugby league game, you're going to try and push that scrum over to get the ball back. So you're taking that element out of it as well, which I think is um, not good for the game. I mean, you've got to leave the traditional yeah. part of parts of the game the way they are. You don't you don't tamper with you know the, the genuine traditional parts of the sport. Yeah, um, guy. I guess the, finally, um, do you know anything about the domestic rugby league structure in New Zealand? Uh, is it going to be a, nas a nationwide competition? Have you heard anything along those sort of grounds? Um, I know the barter cards currently going. Um, I think they started back last week or the week before. Um, I don't know exactly how well it's going, but I know they they've started at least. Um, so yeah, I think I think all the competitions are back a bit like club rugby in that they're all slowly getting everything back. I know the Auckland uh, Rugby League competition is back, but I'm wondering if there's going to be a national one as well. Oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Um, I'm not sure. I, no, I they had, look, the, in New Zealand, the 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 the, the, in, the, the grassroots uh, rugby league tournaments, the Fox Memorials, 
um, and uh, uh, the one that Brad mentioned there, those okay. ones there, the barter card, yeah, so those have generally been the competitions that um, are in place. Years ago, they did have a Lion Red Cup, um, which I believe was nationwide, um, and it consisted, I think, of around 12 teams. They tried to emulate a Winfield Cup-type competition, and we simply don't have that kind of depth to run um, a nationwide competition like that one. People will remember it, though. Listeners will probably remember it as well. Um, they did try, um, but unfortunately, the, there just wasn't enough um, player depth in the nation to do that. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. So going back to our picks there, Brad, you're at round eight, of course, seven from eight for each of us. Um, so basically that sees us at 27 out of 40 correct um, picked so far this season, both at neck and neck. And, of course, um, I've given you a bit of an opportunity there to go one up on me by you know having to take the risk as always, um, but I'm willing to do so in our round nine picks, which we'll get to in just a moment, but we'll just cover round nine off. On Thursday night, we've got the Cowboys versus the Roosters. Roosters paying $1.20 versus the Cowboys who are on a downward spiral at the moment. I think there's going to be no surprises on this one, Brad. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Roosters. Um, if the Cowboys manage to get a win here, um, buy, they should go buy a lot of tickets, really, realistically yeah, speaking. Definitely. Yeah, and then taking that, taking us into um, the first game on Friday night, we've got the Titans versus the Warriors. It's going to be an absolute cracker, I reckon. Titans playing well. Yes, they got dumped last week. Warriors had a good performance game in Brisbane. I'm backing the Warriors in on this one. I think they'll be a little bit too strong for the Titans, who I um, feel just um, took a step backwards last week, Brad. Yeah, I'm backing the Warriors too. Um, Titans, they lost they lost some senior players to injuries. So um, I think, yeah, definitely... I'm edging on the Warriors side here, but I think it will be a really good game to watch. And um, that leads us to the next game on Friday night, which was the Rabbitohs paying $1.48 to play the Tigers two sixty-five at Bankwest Stadium. Um, I've gone with the Rabbitohs here. I think the Rabbitohs, they've been a bit patchy, but I think they're going to have enough to get past the Tigers. What about you? I'm going to Tigers on this one. I thought about it, Brad. I could have um, gone the traditional route. And, you know, um, go with the odds on. But um, once again, I've put in a predicament where I've got to try and uh, get get in the lead. So I am going to go for the Tigers, who I think have shown some really good form over the last couple of weeks, albeit in losing performance against the Panthers. They did have a really good performance um, prior to that. So I think that the Tigers are looking um, pretty strong after that um, pretty solid, def- uh, solid you know, defensive effort, really, against um, the Panthers. Yes, they conceded 19 points, but uh, this Panthers outfit, the way that they're running around the ruck there, you would have potentially expected more. So, yeah, um, yeah definitely picking the Tigers to win this one, and we'll have to just see um, who comes out on top there, Brad. Yeah, definitely. Um, make the difference of the round, for sure. Um, and that will take us to Saturday's first game, which is the Sharks paying 265 against the Panthers who are paying a dollar 48 um this one here I've gone with the Panthers uh, I know the sharks are good in that second half but I think the Panthers have been one of the form teams in the past couple of rounds oh definitely we're talking about the Panthers at the top four side I think the sharks whilst they've been playing well um uh, you know you know they are playing really good football but they're not going to be playing they're not playing as good as what the Penrith Panthers are and they're just starting to find some of those elements that work for them, the Sharks. So whilst they're on the up and up, I don't think that they're at that top four competing level. And I, I would suggest that if they're coming across any of those four sides at the moment, that they'd probably go down. It's not to say that they won't get better and gel in the next five, six, seven games and be competitive at the back end. Um, they are prem- premiership winners from a few years back. 
So, you know, then they've got some personality they've got a point to prove. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see um, what happens on that one. But um, leading into Saturday night's uh, fixtures, um, uh, following that, we have the Broncos versus the Bulldogs. The Broncos at $1.62 versus the last place Bulldogs. No surprises here. Um, you'd expect the Broncos to be able to change that uh, losing streak, Brad. Yeah, if there's any time for the Broncos to start winning games, it's against the Bulldogs. So I've backed the Broncos here, and uh, I hope for Bulldogs. Yeah, I hope for my my pick's sake that they get the win, and I hope for the players' sake they get a win as well. Um, I know the Bulldogs are hurting too, but um, the Broncos they they've got to get a win here. I otherwise I'm scared for what's going to happen to them for the rest of the year. Yeah, look, um, we'll just have to wait and see. I think that the Broncos, um, you know, it's not going to be an easy win. This, this, they're, they're trying to play hard, play hard for Dean Pay. All the other teams have sort of managed to have something to celebrate for their efforts um, in a disappointing way, but except for Dean Pay and Anthony Siebel. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see for that one. But um, following that, we've got the Raiders versus the Storm, which promises to be probably the match of the round potentially as well. Um, uh, you know, the Raiders paying $1.80 there at the Storm's $2. So it's interesting to see the Raiders up at GIO Stadium um, on the odds there. But um, with the way that Melbourne's been playing, I would have, wouldn't have thought that, Brad. Yeah, the Raiders are generally really hard to beat in Canberra. So I think that's why they're the, the favourites here. But I think the Storm, um, after that game against the Roosters, they, they know how to come back from tough situations. They're currently not allowed to be in Melbourne, so they're, every game's an away game for them, so that's not going to phase them, and I think they're going to come away with the win. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll win that one as well, um, personally. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll just see um, how good the Raiders can play at home um, uh, against the Storm out, but that will be a real test of uh, how good the Raiders are this season. If they can pull off a victory here and uh, you know to, to, to go off their win against the Dragons, um, start building some momentum back, potentially. So that promises to be um, the game of the round for mine. And uh, on Sunday, we have the Knights uh, going up against the Eels. The Knights paying uh, $2.40 to the Eels, $1.57, the first place Eels. Um, I've got the Eels for this one. I think that they'll be too strong for the Knights. But it also promises to be um, one of the games of the round. Yeah, I think it'll be a great game. But yeah, I think the Eels to be too strong and will come away with a win here. Don't know if it'll be by much, but they'll, they'll definitely get the W. And that leads us into the uh, final game of the round, which sees the Dragons play the Sea Eagles. Uh, I was also tempted, tempted to sort of pick the Dragons on this one, but I just think the Sea Eagles will come away with it. I, I hate to be proven wrong because there was something saying to me that, you know, pick the Dragons, pick the Dragons, they'll be up for this one, particularly with, um, you know, Fanua Blake going to be now not playing. Uh, the injury concerns that Manly do have, Travojevic, etc. So um, you, you could have gone the Dragons here, where who Ben Hunt and Co are starting to make um, some inroads into a system, I guess, of play on the field. So, but um, anyway, we've gone with uh, the Sea Eagles. So obviously, our round nine picks are pretty much consistent across the board, except for the fact that I'm picking the Tigers and Bradley is going for the Rabbitohs there. So we'll have to um, see what happens in that one, Brad. Definitely. So we actually have someone in the lead this time next week. Um, so be interested to see which one of us gets ahead. Um, well, it will be but interesting, will... but I mean, I'm taking the most risks at the moment. So, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the game, you know. So we'll, we'll, I genuinely do believe that the Tigers have a really good chance uh, against those rabbits. So um, and in Super League news, we have yep. uh, a restart has been threatened by a pay issue. Um, only three teams believe to have reached agreements on reduced wages. Well, that's a really disappointing amount um, and looks like we're going to have to have 
bit of a delay there, Brad. Yeah, so um, they're hoping to get it all sorted quickly. Um, Hull FC have led the way. Um, they actually got an agreement with their players done a few weeks ago, so they're all ready to go. But it's um, yeah, they're they're asking for pay cuts, and the players aren't that interested. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that does push the start out a little bit. As mentioned um, in our question section, the scrums have been removed when the season yes. does restart, and they're incorporating the six again rule that the NRL have used. Um, but yeah, I guess the the big question is going to be when is it actually going to start now if they don't get the the payment stuff sorted. Yes, I'll, I'll just we'll keep you updated on that as well throughout the um throughout the course of the season. So, uh, but in the women's game, uh, Slade Griffin has been named the Warriors women's team coach. That's right. Yeah. So we've actually finally got some women's news for a while. We've we've had not much, unfortunately. But yeah, Slade Griffin's been named the the team coach for the the Warriors women, which. Uh, I'm not too, I don't know much about him um, on a coaching level, but I know he was brought into the club to help with um, building the culture and working with the younger players. Um, so it's good to see him get an opportunity. I know Justin Morgan was working with them a lot, but he's working with the, the top side now. So um, we'll see what that means for the women's team to see if that takes them to the next level when their competition starts. Yes, it'll be interesting to see. And that about, that about wraps everything up for another episode here on The Standoff with Sanj and Brad. Thank you for joining us this evening, ladies and gentlemen. We really appreciate your time. And um, for your weekly news, please do catch up with us here at the uh, on Facebook or via our podcast there. Yeah, so just remember on the podcast to go on iHeartRadio and just search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 